way. Yeah, man, man, man. All out of options, nothing to choose. I pissed out on Netflix, I'm sick of the news. I sign up to Sky, but I don't wanna pay. I've been on furlough since May. <laughs> now I'll go and listen to a cockney attitude. <laughs> And this is episode number 24. And Buenos dias. Hola. Como estas, Jorge? Hey. How are you doing, George? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Yeah. Still alive, then I see. Yeah, yeah, back at work, surviving. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Back at work. That sounds absolutely ridiculous. Well... It is me, your genial host, Mr. Andy Sledge, and my co-host and man with a dodgy looking collar at the moment, but we'll not worry about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got a fantastic new shirt on there, Mr. George Bradley. <laughs> so, George, tell me how London is treating you at the moment. And you'll have to forgive me. I'm going to sneeze. You talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, as I told you uh, earlier, I was at a, a rather fantastic uh, wake on uh, Friday night, and uh, uh, we we needed someone of your caliber on the door, but apparently there was zero security. So uh, the bar staff were very much out of their depth with a little firm from uh, Bermondsey, and it all uh, all went pretty pear shaped. <laughs> yeah, you said they weren't they, they weren't the nicest of people and they've oh, steamed into this way and caused some trouble. Yeah, put put one person in hospital from behind the bar and uh yeah smashed up the governor a bit. He's all right. I've seen him today. He's a bit bruised but he's a big big guy. He's about your size but uh, yeah. they got him on the floor and pretty much kicked the crap out of him, you know. How many were there? Uh there's about eight or nine of them. Oh fucking hell! Well, all my kind of age, not not kids, you know. They're all yeah, kind of... yeah, yeah. But like, you mate, you get eight or nine geezers who are determined to cause harm, mate. That's a fucking yeah. cause a problem for anybody, man. Yeah, he, he put the first one on the floor, and then um, they, they thought that was the green light for them to all steam in, so they all steamed in together. Yeah, they had to shut the pub. I mean, the the poor girls behind the bar were like crying, and oh, they'd probably never seen anything like that. So uh, yeah, yeah, pretty traumatized. Anyway, that was that. So, you went to a funeral and it all kicked off. That doesn't sound yeah. tremendously good. Uh, as you can hear from me, got a bit of a bung, got a bit bunged up and um, Doc has given me some antibiotics. I've got a bit of a throat infection going on. So, I have been uh, housebound with the Lurgy for the last few days. Oh. So, I have very, very, very little to report. Um, yeah, a bit of a boring week, really. My kid didn't come over this weekend. So, yeah, it was all on me, all on me lonesome. Um, yeah, so didn't really do much at all. So, however, this weekend 
It is my kid's 18th birthday. Oh, yeah. And I am off to Newcastle to my wow. to my the place of my origins. So I will be uh, very, very, very happy to make my way north on Friday. How are you getting there? You're driving, are you? Yeah, yeah, going to drive up. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, Tim is me, my girlfriend, and um, and me nipper, and um, she's going to be back uh, for like Sunday night for her nipper. So yeah, we're going to leave Friday morning, come back Sunday, and get back for about yeah. get back for about tea time on Sunday. So we're going to go out for like a big meal on Saturday night for my kid's birthday. Uh, yeah. yeah, and there's like me mate and his kids are coming and. Um, yeah, so it's going to be all good. So, yeah, very much looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. However, we have a few shout-outs to go. So some good and some not so good. So let's start with a good one. First of all, I'd like a big shout-out to a chap by the name of Lee Blakely. So Lee Blakely sent us in a fantastic bit of trivia. And uh, Lee pointed out that the underpants that Oz wears were um, apparently a rag that Kevin Waitley used to use to clean his car with. Oh, nice. I don't know, I don't know how much truth's involved in that, but I like to think that that sounds pretty true to me. Well, they certainly look the part anyway. That's exactly. The so big thanks to Lee Blakely for emailing in with that bit of trivia. We are Underpant, underpant trivia. Underpant trivia, yes. We had a, a fantastic... Um, email in with a lot of trivia with regards to uh, the status quo connections in one of the episodes um, from Malcolm McCallum. Um, but the best thing that Malcolm said is Malcolm's a taxi driver and at one point uh, he had Bill Patterson, Ali Fraser in his taxi <laughs> and he said that doesn't matter what part he plays, he'll always be Ali Fraser. So yeah. big shout out to Malcolm McCallum, the, the transporter of our favourite Ali Fraser. Now, we've got a... I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a bit bad, but I was a bit disappointed today with some of the feedback we received on Twitter. So today I posted up our latest giveaway competition. And obviously, you know, the, the bottom line is, right, this podcast... It's free content. We don't charge any money for it. And we don't make any money out of it either. It's not like yeah. we're Joe Rogan and we're getting 100 million downloads a month. Yeah? That doesn't happen. Yeah? So, you know, we don't make any money out of it. It's complete. We're doing this completely out of the goodness of our heart, completely selfless. And it's quite a lot of work. You know what mm. I mean? This takes somewhere in the region of eight to ten hours per week for me to do yeah. Yeah? for me to watch the episode for me to, to transcribe the episode for us to record it and then yeah. to edit it and upload it etc 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 you know it's eight or ten hours worth of work that's a like you know if i was if that was a job that's a quarter of me work and week at work yeah yeah. And um, and the prizes that we give away on our giveaway competition, it's all just a bit of a laugh. We're giving them away for free, provided by the fantastic Graham Teasdale. And so I put I posted up the thing, and obviously we make the joke of the fact that it's you know it's the original signed copy. Hmm. And um, and so I posted up, you know, this is an original signed copy on Twitter, and some fucking prick, yeah, <laughs> Ian was like, I don't think that's a very good prize. I'm like. Well, you haven't entered the fucking competition, mate. You know what I mean? How come you're whinging about a prize that you in a competition that you haven't even entered about a podcast that's completely free? You know what I mean? And we're doing for free. Yeah. And we don't make any money out of it. 
You know what I mean? How's about you start your own podcast and you give away valuable prizes? Like he was expecting us to give away genuine signed pictures. You know, <laughs> like you can just go and buy genuine signed pictures of Pat Roach and Gary Holton. Yeah? yeah, like they're freely available. You know, the dead ones. You know, yeah. how's about you think about what you're about to fucking write and don't make yourself look like a fucking prick. Yeah, so um, yes, I think your t-shirt sums it up very well. Yes, people are cunts. So, um, yes, Ian, who's at Syntax Error, which is 5-Y-N-T-A-X underscore E-R-R-O-0-R, spells Syntax Error with, with, with numbers. So, yes, Ian, who said he's a fan of the podcast, how's about you fuck off and stop listening to the podcast, yeah, if that's all you've got to say. We put a lot of effort into this and we'll do it for now. So how's about you shut your whinge and fucking yap and stop being a prick, yeah? Anyway, that's that for the day. And we're not, we don't, don't want to finish on a negative. We want to finish on a positive. So we also had a fantastic piece of fan mailing from a young lady by the name of Laura Trafford. Ah. So Laura Trafford emailed us in and said that she loved the podcast. She was a big fan of Arby the Pet and that she loved the Stan Hay interview and that she's very much looking forward to the interviews that are coming up for season three. Yeah. Now, she's got her, she did have, have her fingers crossed that it's going to be one of the seven. Yeah, it's probably not going to be that, Laura, unfortunately. But we do have a couple of cast members from season three already. And yeah. we are working on one other guest for season two right now, but I don't want to say mm. too much until it actually happens. But we just want to say a big thank you to Laura Trafford for her fantastic yeah, great. fan mail. So remember, if you have anything to say about the podcast, feel free to email us, unless it is about the quality of the prizes of the giveaway. <laughs> if you've got anything to say about the quality of the prizes of the giveaway, go and take your face for a shite, yeah? So, but apart from that, if you want to just abuse me and George or give us any positive feedback or a lovely piece of fan mail like Laura, feel free to email us in on again at gmail.com. That's again at gmail.com. Um, we do welcome you to follow us on social media. Our Instagram is Alvidazain Again Podcast. That's Instagram at Alvidazain Again Podcast. So do give us a follow. Um, please follow us on Twitter at Alf Again. That's Twitter at Alf Again. Um, please do like and share the Facebook page, which is Alvidazain Again Podcast. And we would be very grateful if you could go onto the Facebook page go to the community tab at the top, click invite friends, invite all friends, and then that will uh, help us grow the Facebook page. And we will love you forever if you do that. Um, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, so go on to YouTube, search Alvida Zane Again podcast, subscribe to the channel and click the bell, which will alert you to any new episodes. But as always, if mine and George's gorgeous faces 
are not to your liking, which you'd be stupid not to. But if they are, or you just fancy listening in the car, we are available on all good podcast platforms. Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google Breaker, and many, many more. And remember, our new episodes are released every Friday at 10 a.m. And our fantastic theme music is composed and performed by the guitar man, Mr. Lee Dosky. So please, please, please do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we are sponsored by the fantastic people of Top Gun Tattooing of number 12, the Harris Arcade in Reading. Their website is topguntattoo.co.uk and their number is audible 189-968-667. And we actually had someone in Top Gun Tattooing today. Oh, really? Getting tattooed by Zach. Now, I'm going to get. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He is more of my friend than he is a massive fan of the podcast. However, oh. my mate Robin, uh, Big Robin, went into Top Gun Tattooing today and got tattooed by Zach. So uh, it was a bit of quality workmanship. But if you would like a tattoo by Zach from Top Gun Tattooing uh, and with a 20% discount, all you've got to do is contact Zach by either telephone or in person and use the code Hadaway and Shiteman. And if you use the code word Hadaway and Shiteman, you will get 20% off any tattoo from Zach at Top Gun Tattooing. But that is not all. Because remember, we have the best giveaway competition, the best free tattoo competition of, in fact, probably the only free tattoo competition in podcast history. Terms and conditions apply. If you go into Top Gun Tattooing and get yourself a Neville and Lottie tattoo, you will get that for free, free, free. That's right, free. Me and George will pay for it. We will come down to Top Gun Tattooing. We will photograph it. We will film it. And we will make you mildly famous amongst the viewers and watchers and listeners of Mm. our podcast. So, yes, free Neville and Lottie tattoo for every single Listener. So that is all of the boring stuff out of the way. Oh, no, it's not. Remember, the quality giveaway that some people don't appreciate for what it is, you know, the free thing that we give away from the goodness of our hearts, yeah? This current giveaway is the original signed copy of the Magnificent Seven in Dusseldorf. It's not a copy, is it? Is it? Oh, yeah, it's a copy, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> not an original... Fucking hell, George, come on. I'm not giving away... <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. All right. Yeah, exactly. It's not a fucking copy, is it? Yeah, so anyway, if you... Well, put it this way. I know someone that's definitely not going to be winning this fucking uh, picture, Yeah. But if you or anybody else would like to win this picture, what you need to do is you need to follow us on social media. And there are posts on there, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You need to follow us on the social media. You need to like the post. You need to tag three friends and you need to share that post. So Facebook, share it to your timeline. Uh, Twitter, you need to retweet it. And on Instagram, you share it to your story and tag us in that story. And if you do that, for every three people that you tag, that will be one entry for this fantastic picture that we give away out the goodness of our hearts for absolutely no reward whatsoever, which is something that should be commended and definitely not 
you know, looked down upon in any facet. I mean, what mm. kind of absolute fucking shithouse that lives in his mother's basement with his fingers <laughs> covered in Cheeto dust, masturbating to fucking animal porn, <laughs> would fucking complain about a free fucking picture? <sighs> what kind of fucking prick would do that, eh? No <sighs> one, where you would think no one, but apparently someone. Anyway... So, now that that's over, George, yeah, yeah, we are. So, this is episode 24 of the podcast, and this is relating to series 2, episode 11, yeah. Law and Disorder. and Disorder. And this was the final episode written by our fantastic guest, Mr. Stan A. Yeah. And there are some absolute cracking lines in it. Yeah, there certainly are. Cracking lines in it. Yeah, one of my favourite episodes. And in fact, I would go as far as to say one of my all-time favourite Oz yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one of my all-time favourite Oz lines of, uh, of the entire thing in this episode. <laughs> Later. So, the episode was first broadcast on the 2nd of May, 1986. Um there was uh, there was a, a good cameo in here that we will talk about as and when he appears, and mm. some good locations. Now, again, a lot of these locations are located around the Marbella area, and I know exactly where they are. Some of them mm. are very, very close to uh, the port of Marbella, and some of them are elsewhere, but I will point them out as and when we uh, get to them. So, the episode opens up in Ali's villa. And um, Ali is in uh, good spirits, by all accounts. So, we see the um, there's a, a car, taxi, was it a taxi? Or was it just, yeah, pulls up. And in the car is Dennis and Christine and uh, Neville and Brenda and Debbie the baby. Mm. And so Ali Fraser, have you seen the blazer he's wearing with like a badge? Yeah, with a badge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, he comes out to the billiard and he says, hello, playmates. And Dennis says, all right, Ali. And Neville says, hello, Mr. Fraser. And he says, oh, just call me Billy Butlin for the moment. Eh? Ha, ha, ha. Making a, but, you but you know that hello, playmates? That, do you know whose line that was? Oh, who was it again? It was like... Uh, Arthur Askey. That the... was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so he's, he's got a habit of laughing at his own jokes throughout. Yeah, this episode. yeah. And... Um, Anyway, so Brenda says, very good of you to let us stay at your, to, to let have your villa for a few days, Mr. Fraser. He goes, oh, my pleasure, dear. I know just what it's like. Um, these tourist hotels can be, uh, what these tourist hotels can be at this time of year, especially when you've got a young family. And Dennis is obviously clearly cynical of his motives. And he says, yes, and how expensive they can be with us lying around doing that. Mm. And Ali Fraser says, yeah, well, Dennis, Dennis, he says, I did bring you out here to work. And if the welcome glare of publicity prevents that, well, a few economic, a few, was it a few economies are always mm. welcome. So Christine, 
she's been she gets a bit shirty really she says well perhaps we should pay for our own rooms mr fraser when right. not all on your payroll after all are we he says oh no come on let's stop chatting about this all day come on i'll get vicky to help you with the bags vicky i'll get vicky to help you with the bags not i'll help you with the bags so he's going to get his girlfriend to come out and carry bags and so we start to see we start to see the cracks appearing in the relationship yeah yeah i mean we've already seen that vicky was dangerously flirting with wayne yeah yeah um, in a previous episode but like i say we, we start to see more cracks appearing um between ali and vicky so anyway brenda says uh, where will you be staying while you're in while we're in your villa mr fraser and he says i've taken a little suite over at the marbella club mm. and um the i mean the Marbella Club is one of the slickest hotels in Marbella. Like yeah. a suite, a suite at the Marbella Club, you're probably looking a couple of grand a night. Jesus. Yeah, like it's not, it's definitely not cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so Neville says, oh, isn't that where all the rich playboys hang out, golf course and every room in that? And he says, well, personally, Neville, I've always found it a wee bit overrated, but I thought that Vicky here could do with a break. And anyway, that's no point in hanging around, you know, what with the swimming pool out of commission and the place looking like a building site. So he's basically slagging his own gaff off, going, I, I can't stay here, but it's all right for you to stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And um, Christine says, oh, yes, it must have been terrible for you. And um, Brenda says, still, it will be nice and quiet for the band. And Vicky comes out and she goes, hello, Vicky Pet. And she goes, all right, Brenda, Christine, and uh, and Christine remarks upon her outfit. She says, that looks oh. lovely. She goes, you like it? I just got it at that Italian boutique down in the port. It's uh, organic silk, whatever that means. And Ali Fraser, he says, it means the worms were free range. <laughs> and has another laugh at his own joke. He says, anyway, Vicky, I think you should take the girls in for a drink while I have a word with the boys. It is, what is it? Is it, it, it's not about time you took that frock off. You've had it on for about 20 minutes. He, he, he. Another laugh at his own joke. And he says, and I'll, I'll join you later. Just have a word with the boys. And then so the girls walk off and he says, right, Dennis. He says, you've got two days off. And then I want you and your mob grafting. And he's mm -hmm. like, all right, all right. It's not our fault there's so many criminals around here. You know, obviously him, Ali being one of them. Mm. And he says, and he says for us to get for what to get confused with, maybe you should have, uh, maybe you should have found a better place. And Neville says we didn't go seek, we didn't go and seek in the publicity. You know, we got tricked. And Ali Fraser says maybe so, but trouble and you seem to go hand in hand. And talking about that, where are the other hermits? Uh -huh. so, this lines us up for a cut. And we cut to the beach. So we see Oz and uh, Moxie and uh, Wayne and Bomber and Barry. They all head onto the beach and they're walking in between some sunbeds. And George, I don't know if you noticed, but there were some delectable young ladies lying. Oh, yeah. In flagrante, as yeah. the guy from last week would say. So, yes, there were some, uh, there were some very pretty topless young ladies sitting on the sun loungers so oz plots up on the sand and he says this will de it 
And Wynn's singing a song. He's like, on the beach, we can let it all hang out. On the beach, we can let it all hang out. I don't know where that song's from. Do you know where that's no, from? No, I don't know that one, actually. Oh, no. Well, I thought you might know being the music guy that you are, but it must must be a pretty shit one, then. Mm. Um, and, um, and then Barry says, well, I wouldn't if I were you, Wayne. It may be a topless beach, but it certainly isn't bottomless. Mm. And Paula says, aye, the local coppers have probably got a special bare bum patrol. Big Alsatians trained to kill at the first sign of something round and and then Oz, never satisfied. I mean, have you seen it? Like, Oz is wearing his leather jacket. You know, yeah. he like walks onto the beach in his boots and his leather jacket. <laughs> you know, just like, absolutely, you know, certainly not dressed for the occasion. And um, and he says, Christ almighty, sand, bloody Germans everywhere, having to listen to him spout his bullshit about some tart, might as well be back in Dusseldorf. And uh, Boba says, uh, don't you start mourning Oz. You must have dreamt of days like this when you were in the hut. And then he, he says something, and I, I, I've played it back a few times, and I, I, can't remember, I can't work out what he's saying. But then he finishes his sentence, and he says, no mistake. And um, and I says, aye, well, we're not being paid the one we're eh? And it means it's still phrase as time, isn't it? He should be forking out for this. And Wayne sticks up for him. He says, hold on. He says, I think he's been quite generous under the circumstances, Oz. He says, I mean, we could have all been shipped back to Blighty, couldn't we? It's like what they said in, uh, and Barry said, it's like what they said in Guantanamera. So Barry, Barry's trying to learn Spanish continually. Yeah, yeah. He thinks he's, you know, acclimatised himself very well. He says, it's like what they say in Guantanamera, isn't it? Es un hombre sincero. He's a sincere man, he isn't he? And Oz is like, sincero hombre, mi os. He gets with Utier under false pretenses. He's got with Grafton under false pretenses. And no, he's got with Living under false pretenses. And Bomber's like, how do you reckon that there, Oz? And he says, well, look, the Spanish outbill think we're illegal workers, right? Because the British press think we're just illegal altogether. So no, we're having to pretend to be tourists. And Wayne's like, uh, and what's wrong with that then? He says, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? London is the tourist, as you notice, if you had half a brain, usually gone round with quite a bit of dough. Whereas we, by and large, got was it we, we have by and large gone humpty because of Fraser. Stopping, stopping what's happened that word. And Barry says, Ah, you don't need money to enjoy yourself here, Oz. I mean, look around you, natural beauty and bloody and bloody sea and sand and most interesting culture to absorb. And Oz just says, put your heed in a plastic bag, son. Barry says, all I'm trying to say is that the best things in life are free. Mm -hmm. At that point, Wayne sees two girls next to them. Yeah. Again, Topless. Bangers out. And Wayne agrees, and he says, you're not wrong there, Barry, cop a load of this lot. And Oz says, anyone fancy a kickabout? And Bonner says, if you kicks it in their direction. Barry says, I don't want to deprave, deprive you of your moment of pleasure, but I, I, I have to remind you that we English are banned from football in Europe, if you remember. And Oz laughs and he kicks sand all over Barry. And he says, right, how it? So 
that was obviously when the uh, must have been after the was it the Heysel disaster that got us banned from, from yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, um, yeah, so that was during the time that English clubs were not welcome to play football in Europe because of hooliganism and various other things. So, Moxie, huh. obviously, conspicuous by his absence on the beach, yeah, and um. But we see Moxie enters um, the office bar, which is where they met Terry Leather, mm. and um, and he said, and he um, and he and he goes in, and he sees him, and he, and he says hello, and, and, and the barman's lionly says, "Hello, mate. Where's the rest of your mob?" Then he says, "I think they're on the beach." He says, "Can I have a lager, please?" And the barman says, "That's a shame. Look, I've given it pride of place of honour on the." Yeah. And he stuck the page out the paper on the wall. And Moxie's not too happy. He says, oh, hey, we asked you not to do that. It's bloody embarrassing, you know. And then Terry Leather has got a copy of The Sun. And he's like, he's like, get used to it, son. And Moxie goes, oh, hello, Mr. Leather. And he goes, oh, Terry, please. And you're, uh, he goes, oh, uh, Moxie. He goes, we didn't go caught in that publicity, you know. He goes, I'm sure you didn't. None of us goes chasing newsprint, do we? But you see, if you had drawn over here suddenly, leaving a few question marks behind, it's bound to happen, ain't it? And he says, yeah, I suppose so. And he says, and also, Moxie, what you've got to remember is that these people, points to the paper, says these so-called gentlemen of the press are, in fact, the scum I'm of the earth. earth. You wouldn't say hello to them on a lonely day. And he's, you know, he's he's a bit of foreshadowing there for the, the guys that come later. Yeah. yeah. Very, very scummy. And yeah, you know, anybody that wants to make a living out of putting people's business in the, in the, you know, in the public domain is a bit of a scumbag. So um, we, um, he says, Moxie says, very true. He goes, Terry, he says, what, what's that you're drinking? It's scotch, is it? And he says, yeah, cheers, malt. And he goes, uh, malt for Terry and I'll have a lager, please. And he says, Jerry, serve the gentleman up. And he says, you see, these people, do, and Terry Leather says, he says, you see, these people do not have one eye order of respect for privacy of the individual. He goes, let me tell you, lad, Princess Di, Joan Collins, Hurricane Higgins, they've got my utmost sympathy for the intrusions that they incur. You know, Hurricane Higgins, he mentioned there. You know, this oh. like Alex Higgins used to be extremely famous and was badgered by the press. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, and so um, Moxie, he says, people always want to have a, have a go at you when you're famous, don't they? And he says, yeah, some of those no marks made a bob or two out of your exploits, I tell. Um, that's the bomb. And he, and, and he says, mm. Terry Dallas says, don't remind me, there was this geezer lived down our street in Ilford, see? Now, I've met the bloke twice, right? Once when I picked my little girl up from his kid's bonfire night party, and once when he borrowed my hovering lawnmower. Well, next mm. thing I know, he's managed to stretch these brief encounters into three installments of the villain on my doorstep. And he has a bit of a laugh. And Moxie says, aye. He says, we certainly learned our lesson. We're keeping our heads down from now on. And Lionel says, ah, so you'll be staying down here for a bit, will you? And Moxie says, well, I think the others will be moving on. Like, you know, he says, but I'm going to stick it out for a while, yeah. And uh, Terry says, you won't be needing a drum then. And he goes, you what? <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, you've got a place in mind, a villa, a condo. He's uh, something like that, yeah. He goes, listen, Moxie, anything you want, feel free. Investment advice, real estate, a new motor. Listen, 
He goes, I mean, we know a few people. Do you understand me? So obviously Terry Leather is like offering them, you know, ins into the criminal fraternity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. kinds of stuff. And what does Moxie want? He says, well, thank <laughs> thanks very much, actually. There is something that you're doing to help us. He goes, sure. He goes, might sound a bit soft. He goes, do you know of any plastering jobs around? <laughs> he goes, now, hang on. Terry Leather's face. <laughs> he goes, you can't be short of a few, Bob, surely. He goes, no, no, it's... Uh, it's just the way you're passing the time, like. And then he says, um, he says, he goes, I don't understand you northern lads. He goes, it must be all that harvest that you eat. So we cut back to the beach. And finally, Oz has got his leather jacket off because he's in the water. Mm. And Barry's sitting there trying to learn Spanish. And then Oz gets out of the water and he comes over and he's got his Newcastle United towel and um, and Wayne is desperately trying to make a play for mm. three beautiful young ladies. Topless. Absolutely. I, I hadn't, well, I hadn't noticed, George, that. I, I yeah, didn't. yeah. <laughs> so, Oz shouts at Wayne, and he says, Oi, oi, London, what's happening? Out you can't handle, send them up to me. But Wayne comes straight back to the lads, and he said... Says it's not much joy out there, Oz. See, they're Norwegian, ain't they? And you know what? You're the only point of ref. Your only point of reference is when you're Norwegian, don't you? And he says, "What's that?" And he says, "It's the open deck sarny, isn't it?" And Bomber says, "They're Danish." And he goes, "You what?" And he goes, "Danish." And he goes, "Well, that's probably why they're a bit sticky, ain't it?" Anyway, so the the here we see the lads approached by mm. two. Scummy, downright scummy journalists. Gentlemen of the press. Yeah. Well, we certainly wouldn't go as far as to call them that. But one of them is called Sid. He's the first one to approach. Now, Sid Payne, the reporter, was played by an actor called Kenny Ireland. And Kenny Ireland has 65 credits oh. on IMDb. And he's been in quite a lot of stuff. And um, he was essentially a big part actor. He's one of them geezers that you know, you, like when you see his face, you're like, he's been yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So he was, from back in the day, started out, he was in a lot of stuff, but he was in Cat's Eyes, Dempsey and Makepeace, oh, right. Victoria Woodshow, Rockcliffe's Babies, Drop the Dead Donkey, Rab C. Nesbitt, Hamish Macbeth, Taggart, Heartbeat. Wow. Well, he was Scottish, so he was featured in a lot of the Scottish things. Heartbeat, Casualty, Doctors, Midsummer Murders. But then, towards later on in life, he got a regular position on the series Benidorm, and he was in 42 episodes. Oh, bloody hell. Until he then unfortunately passed away um, while he was doing that. So, yes, Kenny Island, big part actor and very famous face. And he plays the reporter Sid. And so, like I say, he comes up and he says, Hello, lads. And, um, and he, the other one was called Ronnie. He says, Sorry to interrupt, but I, uh, but I can see you're busy. And I says, Who are you? And immediately pulls out a dictaphone. He goes, have you got a, lads, got a few words to say to the press? And Oz says, aye, yes, I've got two, and the second one's off. Off. Oh, and I uh -huh. says, go on, beat it. We're in enough trouble because of you buggers. And he says, and he says, we know about that, but we want to help you, lads. And Wayne says, here, 
You wouldn't happen to know the Norwegian for can I get into your knickers, would you? Ah. And Sid says, look, the more you stall us, the more difficult it's going to be for you in the end. And Oz says, look, look. He says, go and have a swim. And he pushes Wayne away. And he says, look, that rubbish in the papers wasn't true, right? It was a load of crap, all right? We're not bank robbers, man, for Christ's sake. And uh, one of them says, and the other one, Ronnie, says, lovely, we're going to believe that too. We want to believe that too, so we can write spoilers on the crap that Nick Wheeler wrote. And Sid says, so just tell us who you really are and what you're doing here, and we'll all go home. And he thrusts his dictaphone into Oz's face. And, um, and Oz just says, just mind your own business, and shoves away. And, and he says, hey, you're not helping us, son. And Bomber says, look, boyos. What that bloke wrote was a load of cobblers. We know it. So why should we have to prove it to you? And he says, so we can deny it on your behalf. And then Wayne comes back. He says, oh, yeah, so the other mob can deny it again. And it's a, a vicious circle, isn't it? And I says, yeah, I've had enough of these bastards. Snatches the dictaphone. He says, I'm going to bury them in the sand head first. And he's like, oh, hey, hold on. And he goes, head first. And he takes the tape out of the dictaphone, throws it away, throws the dictaphone away. And he goes, yeah, hold on, son. And he goes, what? And he goes, we can always head back to England and write you up as holiday and scroungers off from the Dole Cube. And Oz says, can you? And he tries to becomes intimidating. And um, and obviously, Bomber then, you know... Stands up. Stands <laughs> up. And he says, it's all right, it's all right. It's probably taken a day or two to realise it's all, it's, it's all in your own... And then he turns around and uh, and he sees Bomber and he's like, uh, and he goes, he goes, come on, come on, Ronnie. And uh, and Bomber says, remind me not to buy the English papers when I get home. So there's already a new pack of um, of reporters on their case from the last one. Mm. These ones, oh, I mean, at least you know the last one was kind enough to buy them a drink. These ones are just yeah. in your face scum. So um, so Moxie comes back and he says, who are they? <laughs> Wayne says, more bloody journalists, aren't they? With a nice lilo under his yeah. arm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Oz, I think he says, shite hawks. You know, shite hawks more like it. And Moxie says, what do they want? He goes, and Bob says, well, apparently, we've still got to clear our names in that great public court known as the press. And Wayne says, you know what? I think we should set the record straight and just tell them why we're here. And Oz says, ah, yeah, but if we do that, man, the job gun's doing the crap, I done this. And then um, and he hands Moxie a beer and Moxie says, cheers. And he goes, and besides, I've already told Terry Leather, we really are the shit. <laughs> and he goes, you've done what? And he goes, well, I thought it would be a good idea, you know, to play along with it, help us get established around here. Bomber says, you're the only one that stayed, Mox. It won't help us when we try to get back into Britain. And Wayne says, if we get back to Britain. He goes, I mean, these geezers ain't exactly noted for their tolerance when wind-ups are concerned, Mox. And Mox says, yeah, well, he asked us to join him down, join us down the bar, you know, for a, for a bevy and a sing-song. And I was like, collapses forward into the sand. <laughs> Moxie's digging them into an even deeper hole. And... Um, so we cut to the fantastic Marbella. Marbella Slab. Yeah. And Ali has pulled up outside with Vicky in the car. 
and he starts giving Vicky a lecture straight away. He says, right now, Vicky, this is Marbella's poshest gaff. So don't speak until you're spoken to, and then just nod, okay? And she goes, sometimes I think you're ashamed to be seen with me, Ali Fraser. He goes, no, not ashamed, Vicky, but frequently embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why, like, what have I done? And, um, and he talks about last night, he says, well, have you got an hour to spare? Well, last night, for example, I take you to a Michelin one-star restaurant International Playboys for customers, wall-to-wall. I order you a beautiful dish of steamed turbot stuffed with scallops and Mm. you complain to the waiter because you think your fish knife is a cake slice. Mm. Stick to spaghetti tonight, honey. Okay. So um, we cut back to the office and Moxie and Bomber are at the bar with Terry Leather and there's a guy singing on the stage. Cracking Rosie. You what? He's, he's singing Crackling Rosie. Neil ah, Brown. right. Well, that, I, again, that was a question I was going to ask you, George. You uh-huh. that. Again, with you being the music man, I thought you would know that. I uh-huh. did. So, he's, they're talking to Terry Leather, and Terry Leather's reminiscent from home. He's like, sure, I'll go back one day. Take, take me, boy, to see the Hammers on a Saturday. Eh? He goes, I miss going down Saturday mornings to Petticoat Lane and having a nice big bowl of jelly needles. And then we see a man who is balancing a paint on his head and dancing on the table. Mm. So they are like Barry and Oz are sitting at the side at a table. And Barry says, it's incredible, this place, isn't it? It's like Bermondsey transport into the... (laughs) Bermondsey again. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes, not your favourite place at the moment, George. And Oz says, he goes, I was standing at the bar there before getting the berries, and a bloke comes up and says, tooled up on your last job, were you, Geordie? And I say, oh, I had two trowels and a spirit level. <laughs> and, and Oz laughs at his own joke, but he notices that Barry doesn't. And and, uh, and he goes, aye, he never laughed at it either. And Barry just says, they're desperate people. And he goes, you can say that again. And he goes, look at them. He goes, look at these here. And he points to a group of women. He says, you can just tell by looking at some of them that they've spent the best part of their married life behind an iron and board in some poxy tower block. You know, husband in and out the nick all the time, just manages to keep everything together with a promise of one big last job. And then it'll be off skiing, the sunshine, champagne, you know, all of that. And then it comes off and they get here. And what do they do? Recreate all the squalor and wanting to piss off from in the first place. And Barry's like, what a futile existence, eh? No need to work, no real way of enjoying themselves except from getting pissed and maudlin about London. And Oz says, fish out of water, man, isn't it? And he says, I wonder what their kids do for schooling. And he says, God knows. And Barry says, perhaps their dads teach them. And then this is this is a real funny line, what Oz says. He says, I oh. can imagine that, can't you? All right now, son, here's the question. If your dad and your uncle Terry and your uncle Arthur <laughs> pick up an armad car for half a million quid in the Mayland Road, how much does that leave them with each? And you can use your fingers. So... Um, Oz says, I'm not stopping here much longer. And Barry says, it's a bit frightening, isn't it? And he goes, no, I'm not talking about Peter Gordino. He goes, I'm talking about Peter Gordino there, pointing to the to the singer. And, um, and then... Neville- He's now singing Sweet Caroline. Yeah, he is, he moved on. And so Neville and Dennis enter, but Dennis is not happy to see them there and he gets them out the bar. 
And he says, you bloody idiot, man. We're supposed to be keeping our heads down for a few days. And Moxie says, yeah, well, he says, it's all right for you lot, isn't it? He says, you've all got homes to go to. This is going to be my new home. And I was just trying to make some new friends. And so now they're walking down the street. And he just says, I'm sorry, lads. And Dennis says, well, look, I suggest you just have a quiet night back at the hotel. And Bomber says, I've had enough of drinking champagne anyway. And Oz says, and I'm fed up with paying for it all. What do they think we are? What, what do they think we are? Made a door? And Dennis says, probably I. Come on, there's no harm done. And uh, Moxie says, I just didn't think. And then all of a sudden, what we thought was a builder a few minutes ago has yeah. now got a big long lens camera out. And it's yeah, click, yeah. click, click, click. And so we've got another photographer. So we cut to Ali's villa and Brenda is on the phone. And have you seen the way that she's dressed? She's mm. got like this old housemaid's kind of dress on and a, and a full penny and everything like that. I mean, like, where did you get that penny from? I mean, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Ali Fraser didn't have that line around the villa. Mm. And it's not the kind of thing Vicky would wear. So She has something think, a bit less on later on, though. Well, again, George, I didn't actually notice myself. I didn't notice. Uh. Um, but, yeah, so she's got a, a very strange outfit on for being in Spain, in the heat of Spain. But, anyway, she's obviously on the phone to Neville's mother because she says, Mrs. Hope, there's really nothing to worry about. It's all been a ludicrous mistake. And then she's like, yes, I know. Yes, it must be. Yes, I can imagine. I know. And then she holds the phone up and Christine and uh, listens and you can hear Neville's mother going off in the background. And she's like, well, they're just... And then anyway, Christine saves the day because she imitates the crying baby. And she's like, mummy, mummy. And, and Brenda's well happy. She says, oh, look, there's Debbie. I'll have to go. She goes, no, don't worry, nothing serious. I'll have to dash. Bye. And, uh, and Christine says, Neville's mother, like, you should have been in detective, Christine. And she says, he... And, and apparently, she said, he Spain's no place for a child of that age. Mm. I'm like, yeah, because Spain doesn't have children of its own, do they? Um, and, she, and obviously she's like, she read it in the papers as well. And she goes, why, yes. She's had the whole street round. You think she'd be pleased no one's, no one's visited her for years. And then we hear a noise. And the girls are worried. Says, just a minute, is that somebody coming in? It can't be them back already. And Brenda screams, Brenda cries out, she cries out, Neville, and um, and Christine says, it wouldn't be the land, surely. They would have put the terrace lights on. Sure, sure, but I'm sure I did hear somebody coming in. And Brenda shouts, who's that? And we hear a man's voice going, anyone at home? And uh, Christine says, who are you? And the man says, we're reporters, love. We just want a quick word. I quite like that shot. It's, it's like a two shadows, isn't it? Just yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, so I mean, like, these guys have just tracked down mm. and they've just walked in the house. Like, you know, if I was if I was there and they just walked in the house, you know what I mean? They would be fucking going out with a few less mm. teeth, you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, so we cut back and they're having bingo at the hotel. And so our camp as a raw pink tents tour guide is calling out the bingo numbers, and he's the first number is six and nine. 
69. He says, anyone who giggles will get disqualified. And the key to my room. <laughs> and um, and uh, and then, so the, our old ladies says, what's that? What's he on about? Russell Grant. I don't know why he's, I don't know what he means about that. Because he's a bit camp as well. Really. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only connection I was thinking, but he's he's more than a bit camp. There's uh, my friend, a guy I know used to live over the road from me, he lives in Raysbury. Yeah, uh, yeah like me, in between like Windsor and Staines. And um, yeah, he's like obviously super gay with his uh, with his husband and that. I mean, like nobody who does that, nobody who does horoscopes for a living is going to be straight on. Yeah. Um, anyway, and so the old lady says, "I'll tell you when you get a bit older." She goes, "I'm well doing here." And then he goes, four and eight, 48. Yeah. And the old lady says, "Can't you think of anything to go with that, Russell?" He goes, "I can think of it, pet. I just don't dare say it." And the lads enter the bar and us says, five and five here, Peppy, when you've got a minute like. Yeah, he has another name for the, the, uh, the bar. Aye, well, that's what I was going to say. So, uh, Adolf is now Peppy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we used to, it used to be Adolf and now it's Peppy. And he says, I five and five here, Peppy, when you've got a minute like, if you don't mind, um, be I'll reborn it. And Dennis says, what? And then, um, and, and so Oz is taking the piss and he goes, well, you'll not get wrong for playing out this late in the beat, will you? And Dennis says, ah, shut up, man. I'll have a swift half, please. And he says, um, he says, it's a hot, he goes, it's a hot, was it? He goes, yeah, it's a hot time in the old folks tonight, isn't it? Neville says. Mm. Mama says, I wonder if they will let us play and let us have a game. And Dennis says, that's a good idea. It might improve your image a bit if you found playing bingo with old age pensioners. And Barry says, persona non grata. We're bloody riffraff. They, they won't let us play. And I says, that's now you have always been that. And Dennis says, well, whatever you do, he says, try to avoid journalists and criminals, will you? And then Oz has got a fantastic line. He goes, how are you supposed to tell the difference? And Dennis says, well... And he goes, ask Moxie, he's going to have to learn. And then all of a sudden, the old lady scribe, cries, bingo! Mm. He goes, here, Beatty, what do you think? Them, them, them are their robbers. Robbers. <laughs> and she goes, and then she points at Neville and she goes, I bet you Babyface is the leader. Always <laughs> the Babyface one that's the most vicious. And she comes over and she says, we'd like all your autographs, pet." So, the two journalists from the beach oh. are in Ali Fraser's villa. Seem to, seem to have settled themselves in. Yeah, they're in and they're sat on the sofa. And, um, and yeah, and uh, they're, they're throwing questions. And Christine's like, we're not saying anything. And he's like, all we want to do, love, is clear the air. I mean, all this must be very embarrassing for you back home, is it? And Christine says, no, what's embarrassing is having to answer questions from people like you. Now, look, we didn't invite you in here and we'd be obliged if you kindly leave. And Dennis and Neville walk in and Dennis is straight away, who the hell are you? And he, um, and he gets up and he says, it's all right, it's all right. Press, he goes, it's not all right. What are you doing here? And, um, and he says, if and Neville says to Brenda and Christine, have they been asking you questions? And Brenda says, we didn't tell them anything, Neville. And Sid, and Sid, the journalist, says, Neville Hope and Dennis Patterson, is that right? Oh. Because it's about the only thing you blokes have got, right? 
And he goes, oh, smart up, son. We know you're not villains. And since as as we're saying to you, ladies, all we want to do is clear the air and get at the truth. Yes. And Neville just goes, oh, how are you? we might as well. Get on, tell him, Dennis. And he says, all right, I'm Dennis Patterson. This is Neville Hope. We're Britties. We're from Newcastle. And we're here on holiday. That's it. Come on. And he, mo- and he tries to get them out. And... Um, and he says, what about the rest of the gang? He says, well, they're all brickly as two. We met out in Germany a few years back, and this is a, like a reunion, isn't it? And Neville says, yes. He says, right, we need the names and home addresses so the London desk can check out their backgrounds. And Dennis says, well, some of these addresses might be a bit vague. Let's see. There's um, Mr. Osborne, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Norris, Osbridge. <laughs> and he goes, and uh, what's the name of your mate with a, Nev, with a spotty face? Obviously not wanting to give Moxie's real mm. name. So we um we're back, back in, in the bar. bar. Yeah. And so the barman comes out and he's holding the bottle. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's champagne, but it's, nah. uh, it looks like a bottle of carver. Yeah. And, and the barman is like, you pay for them one more bottle. So obviously the old ladies have clearly been tapping up the lads. For a few beverages, and he says, "What?" And he and he looks over, and the old ladies raise their glasses, like, ah, and, <laughs> yeah. and he says, "Oh, get on, give it to them. Tell them when they've guzzled that though. They're on Fanta. What a bloody cheek!" Mm. Thomas says, "They think we're loaded," and he and Barry says, "Ah, he says, says a lot for the world, don't it? People like us can become hero figures." And Bomber says, "You mean the people like they think we are?" And he says, "You you see it back home." He says, increasing. He says, if you're milit- if you're a militant or a football hooligan, Channel 4 will make a documentary about you. He goes, I can remember a time that a hero was someone who used to row across the Atlantic single-handed. And yes, the glorification of the criminal fraternity. And Oz says, hold on a minute. He says, you seen the way that the old codgers reacted to that newspaper, I think. He says, can you imagine what's happening at the disco, uh-huh. Wayne and Moxie. Eh? Eh? And so Oz and Bomber realise that they're missing out on a trick and they stand up and they deck their drinks and they start to make a run for it and then Barry follows. Slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we cut back to Ali's villa and Neville and Dennis are sitting there enjoying the peace and the tranquility. And Neville says, stunning, isn't it? And Dennis says, aye, it is that. And he says, of course, you realise, he says, we can work all our lives and never afford any of this. And Dennis says, don't depress us just yet, Nev. And uh, Neville says, the only consolation I take is that Ali Fraser probably isn't very happy. Mm. And he says, I, he does seem like the sort of bloke who finds pleasure hard to come by, like, don't he? And, but then the irony mm. of that situation is we cut and Ali Fraser the is bed. in bed with the beautiful Vicky, Vicky. in yeah. the suite in the Marbella Club Hotel. And obviously, they have just had themselves a little intimate time together. Yeah, yeah. Ali Fraser has got a very large smile on his face. And he goes, oh, oh, now I remember why I like you so much. And she goes, I don't seem so stupid now, do I? And he goes, I take it all back. And then he goes, well, most of it anyway. Mm. He goes, and she goes, shall we have breakfast in bed? And he goes, oh, that's funny. I thought we already had. 
So they at the hotel bar, and um, Oz is hanging. Oh yeah, and, um, they all look pretty hanging. <laughs> and he's uh, apart from Barry, they all are. And um, and Oz is. He's picking himself a breakfast and then he sits down. And he goes, Dear me, he goes, I never thought I'd see the day. I'd be glad I couldn't get a fry up. And um and uh, Moxie comes over and and uh, and he shouts, Don Juan says, and um anyway, and uh, Barry's stirring his coffee and he goes, Do you have to do that? Do you have to do that so loud? And Barry says, I'm sorry. And um, and Oz is like clearly in a bad way. Anyway, and Bomber says, what was that bloody stuff we were drinking last night? And I says, never mind what we were drinking. It was what them bastard groupies was guzzling in that, that <laughs> done all the damage. And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls it out. And he goes, I've got about three pud left. <laughs> and Moxie says, maybe we should rob a payroll wagon after all. And, um, and Barry says, that remark is in very poor taste. If you don't mind me saying so, Moxie, if it wasn't for people like you glamorising criminal activity, we wouldn't be pestered by the press, would we? Or exploited by those vicious females last night. And I says, aye, that didn't stop you sticking your heat in the door, did it? See if there was, see if there was any exploiting to be done. And Bomber says, well, if we can't go out and we can't stay in, there's not much point in being here, is there? Barry says, no, we're not tourists, we're not workers, we're trapped, we're in limbo. Limbo. <laughs> and Oz says, they didn't limbo here, man, they flamenco. And he laughs at his own joke. And Bomber, Bomber says, Barry's got a point, though. Says, leisure without graft is not a, is a pretty hollow, has a pretty, it's got a pretty hollow ring. And Moxie says, well, none of this is actually helping to decide what we're going to do today, though, is it? And, and, he, and he sort of gets out his chair to walk to the breakfast buffet and then he, he goes, I don't think I can face another day of sunlight and sangria. And then he sort of grabs his stomach and he turns around and he's like all food and then he sits back down without the breakfast. And Barry says, I've just had an absolutely brilliant idea. Why don't we hire a couple of cars and hit the road? Toddle off down to Gibraltar. It's not far, you know, borders open now. What do you think? And Bummer agrees. He said to be cheap British beer, duty frees and today's papers. Moxie says, papers are a bit of a sore point, you know, Bob. And I says, I go on, I'm up for it. I've always wanted to be photo taken with them baboons. And Barry says, right. And he puts money on the table. He says, here's my contribution. I suggest you three pool your resources as well. We'll go and wake Wayne up. Uh, so this must be a scene when, uh, after he's, he's passed away. Yeah, exactly. He says, if he's interested, I'll get a higher car brochure in reception. And, um, and Oz makes a joke again. He says, I wonder if they do a five-seater Porsche. So we cut to the car hire place in Marbella. Now, that is actually right in the centre of Marbella where they are. Yeah, yeah. So it's literally one. Did, I can't remember, George. When, when you were in Marbella, did we ever go to the Irish bar? Oh, God. So there's uh, an we, Irish went, we went bar. to many bars. I don't we think did. we went to an Irish one. No, no. Well, there's an Irish Very bar just up from the port called the Cladder. And then if you go round the corner from the Irish bar, yeah. that's where they are there. It's not, just not too far. Ah. It's like it is. That's right in the centre of Marbella town. So, mm. um, so they've got they've gone to the car hire place and they've come out and there are two absolute shitbox cars sat there. Yeah. Obviously, 
Yeah. yeah. I've been in Tenerife and my, my friend who had a license, I didn't have a license. We we hired one of those Fiat's. <laughs> exactly oh, yeah. the same. How long ago was that? Oh, 1984, 85, oh. around this oh. time of the show. Sure. Oz says, I think we should have taken some, took some life insurance suit with these. And Moxie says, who fancies driving them? And and um, and Wayne says, you don't drive these, son, you pedal them. Mm. Anyway, Barry's very keen. And Barry says, does anybody mind if I take the wheel? And... Um, and uh, and also says no 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 and he's like busting because I've always wanted a motor on the continent ever since I bumped into Pat Moss in Halfords. Now, I mean, I don't know if that's like is Pat Moss related to Sterling Moss? Do you think? Uh, I don't know Pat Moss, but I, I mean, I know Halfords. That was a big yeah. uh, car sort of DIY shop in the eighties. Halfords. No, they're still around, mate. Oh, they are right, right. Yeah, there's still plenty of Halfords around. Anyway, so Bomber says, I'll do the trip down as I'll be too pissed to drive coming back. And I says, hold, he says, hold on, Moxie, hold on. You get in with Barry. He says, that way we'll keep all the boring bastards in one car. Moxie says, oh, ta very much. Bomber says, you lead on, Barry. And if we have any trouble, I'll flash me lights. And Wayne says, light, light. He says, we've only got yeah. one. Oh, one's got a yeah. Just wait a minute. He go, and, and Moxie says, hey, just wait a minute. He goes, weren't you breathalyzed a couple of months back? And Barry says, yes, I was. He goes, but I have not yet been convicted. And if I had, as you well know, there are worse criminals than drunken drivers let loose in this poxy mm -hmm. country. So we cut back to Ali's villa and Neville and Dennis, they, he's like, they're, they're on the terrace and Neville says, I wonder what the others are up to. And, um, and, um, and um, um, Dennis says, he says, well, we haven't heard a thing. He says, a thing for, for nearly 18 hours. He says, so they must be actually keeping out of trouble. And Neville says, the new world record. And he laughs. And he says, do you fancy a ride into town later for, some, for a game of pool or something? And, he, and Neville goes, way I. And then Brenda comes out and spoils that plan. He says, here you are, Neville, your daughter. And, and she would like a little bit of attention. And Christine says, don't bother to get up, Dennis. We'll find our own way out. And he goes, out? And she goes, yes, Brenda and I are going into town for lunch. And she, Brenda says, bye, pet. And Christine says, see you back in time for tea on the terrace. And Dennis sighs and he goes, I wonder what the others are up to. So we cut onto the road. And yeah. um, so Bomber is um, he's like, he's like, hello, bloody petrol gauge is reading low. Because that Spaniard said he'd filled her up. And Wayne says, likely story. And Oz says, yeah, just pull over and I'll have a piss. And oh, this is it. This is the this is the line. This is one of yeah. my favorite lines, and my favorite Oz lines ever. And he goes, here, just pull over and I'll have a piss in the tank. He goes, after what I was talking last night, it'll be like rocket fuel. That's an absolutely fantastic line. And um, and then Bomber says, he says, yeah, they're pulling over. He goes, looks like they've got the same trouble. And so he follows this the similar car and they pull into mm -hmm. the Marbella Club Hotel. 
And Bomber says, here, Barry, what the bloody hell have you pulled in here for? And then he realises it's not Barry, it's two women. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, ladies, I thought you were my mate, Barry. And um, he says, sorry, lads. He says, just too many of these little white buggers on the mm. road. I mean, in those days in Spain, there was only two cars really you could hire. There was the, the, the Fiat, or there was a Suzuki Jeep. Oh, that, that was the only two, really, two available, yeah. Oh, and you can get out what you want. So, so you want to spend a bit, bit more money, you get the Suzuki Jeep. You want to be a bit more flash. Oh, yeah. right. Well, so Bomber is obviously... So obviously the number of those cars on the road is very, very... As, as Bomber just said, um, yeah. uh, Bomber's uh, confirmed your story there, George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rental cars are all these little ones. And... Um, and he says, too many of these little white buggers on the road. And I says, well, never mind. We'll catch them up in gym. And Wayne says, well, sod Gibraltar, mate. He says, I'm getting me rocks off here. And Bomber says, Bomber fancies a beer now too. <laughs> had on, had on. He said, and then he, anyway, he gets out and he looks around. And he goes, ah, well, I suppose there's worse places to be shipwrecked than this. So we go into the bar. <laughs> This is one of one of the best scenes, I think. This one. Yeah, and so it's our our friends from uh, last week um, who owned the swimming pool that they all yeah yeah the whole thing. Now a bit of a bit of a, a slight bit of trivia yeah. was that um, so uh, Oxlade was the yeah. name of Dick Clements' bank manager. That's it. Yeah. So there we go. So that the, the, the name of this character came from Dick Clements, bank manager. So um the we so they basically they enter the bar and um and Oz and Bomber and um uh, they go to the bar and obviously Wayne disappears. So Ali and Vicky are sat. Um, on a sofa, and the Oxlades are sat at another table. And Fra Ali Fraser is talking to Vicky, and he says, any thoughts on lunch, my petal? Oh. And um, and she says, well, and she goes, well, your good mood's lasting surprisingly well. And then she looks up and she sees us and Bob, and she goes, ooh, look, there's a couple of your lads. And Ali's not happy. He goes, well, what in the name of God are they doing here? He goes, just don't look at them. Just don't look at them. And he turns away. He goes, I don't want them coming over here. And she says, well, it's nice to see that there's someone else you're ashamed of being seen with as well as me. Oh. So at the bar, and, uh, and Oz is trying to get the barman's attention. And so he says, Peppy, he says, if you, can walk, if you can walk and talk at the same time, get a couple of beers out the fridge. Mm. And um, and he says, Espera, te llamo on un segundo. He says, hang on. He says, I'll call you in a second. Yeah. Anyway, so the Oxlades are shocked to see Oz and Bomber here. And, but, and so Pepe puts the phone down and he says, yes, uh, gentlemen. <laughs> in a very sarcastic uh, manner. And Bomber says, two beers, poor favour. Two beers, matey, Paul Fouvier. And Bowman says, dos cervezas. And he gets the beers out. And Bowman says, gracias. And he says, that's what he said. Anyway, so Pauline, she says, how they've got the brass neck to come in here, I do not know. 
And so Jeffrey says, I suppose it's their idea of fun to sport their ill-gotten gains in this manner. And she goes, Jeffrey, are you going to do something? And he goes, yes, Pauline, I will. And I'm already composing a strong letter to the Times. Oh. That's his idea of doing something. I mean, clearly, he's in no position to, uh, you know, stand up to Oz and Bomber. Oh. So... Uh, the bar, the barman's obviously doing them no favours. And Oz says, "Any chance of getting them poured, or does that cost more in here?" And um, and he goes at the till, and he's like, "Beep beep 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 beep." Yeah. And Oz is like, "I don't like the sound of that." And so the barman turns around. And he says, "Will the gentleman be staying for lunch?" And Papa goes, "The oh. gentleman haven't decided yet." And he goes, "In that case, if the gentleman would be so kind," and he hands them the bill. And Oz looks at it and burps and he goes watch this he goes we're asked for two beers man not 22 <laughs> and yeah i mean you're probably talking it's probably 25 euros a drink there you know like yeah yeah, yeah. you know so um and um and so the barman he says the gentlemen are free to drink elsewhere if they wish so oz digs round in his pocket and he turns around and he's then he's when he sees ali fraser and Vic, and he says oh there's fraser and Ali's like, oh, there's Ali, Ali. And he goes, all right, there's an oil if we stick these on your account. Your account. <laughs> and he goes, and, and what are you two tearaways doing here? And Bomber says, acting like tourists, Mr. Fraser's on your orders. He goes, but we could do with a sublight if you don't mind. And um, and he gets some money. He goes, well, just drink up and move out before my reputation in Marbella is ruined. And so Jeffrey confronts them. And he goes, let oh. me guess. And Ali's like, oh, no, he was planning another bank robbery, are we? And I was as diplomatic as ever. He's like, oh, I remember this prick. <laughs> and he goes, oh, for Christ's sake. And for Ali Fraser's like, oh, for Christ's sake. And he goes, now, look here. You may enjoy immunity from arrest in this country, but you are not immune from our contempt <laughs> as decent British citizens. And Bomber says, careful, boy, or you're way off the mark. He goes, oh, am I? And I suppose the newspaper report was too. And Oz, quite rightly, what I said last week, he was, I'm surprised that he reading a rag like that. I usually keep that one wedged behind the pipe in the bog. And Bomber stands up and he says, yes, the matter's in the hands of our lawyers, see? And they'll be quite happy to take an action for slander as well. And obviously, Jeffrey uh, realizes that he's out of his depth here in, a, in, a, in, the, in the physicality of the situation. He says, I refuse to be intimidated by you because you may have wealth now, criminally acquired, of course, but that doesn't entitle you to, 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 to strut around here, even <laughs> if you were invited. And he's obviously talking about Ali there. And, um, and Oz says, Oh, I've had enough of this. And Ali's like, it's all right, sir. They're just on the very point of leaving. And then Oz is like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not. Ta I'm talking about. I've. I'm talking about. I've had enough of this bastard, Colonel mm. Blimp. He goes, look, you. Just suppose we were we were bank robbers, right? At least war crimes, honest. He goes, it's up front at the end of a barrel where we get war dough, whereas bastards like you, where do you get yours? On balance sheets or fiddling <laughs> your income tax returns. And um, so 
Ali Fraser is attempting to, to sneak out with Vicky. And um, and he's, he says, I think we'll skip lunch, Vicky. And, uh, and just as he's leaving the barman stops and he goes, uh, your friend by the pool, he has ordered champagne. Who's oh. paying? And, um, and obviously they realise that Wayne is down there ordering up a load of drinks. So we then cut to the another part. Now, incidentally, so this is... Bar Trinidad. Well, yes, but we basically, Barry says that they stopped in a place called San Pedro. Now, yeah. in, in real life, in the geography, you've got Marbella, you've got San yeah. Pedro, and then you've got Gibraltar. So yeah. that would be the real life of where they're going. However, in this particular occasion, the where they are is actually near the football stadium in Marbella. Yeah. The opposite direction to Gibraltar from where yeah. the car hire place was. So if you were to, to go from the car hire place to where they are would involve you going, you know, north, like northeast, like mm. up the coast. Whereas to get to Gibraltar, you've got to go southwest. So yeah. yes, there is um uh, there is a little bit, if you know your Marbella geography, like I oh. do, then yeah. a bit, it's a little bit a uh, little bit uh, out of whack there. But Barry's Barry's tremendously upset. Also has a man bag as well, doesn't he? Does. He does. Anyway, and they're coming out and he goes, oh, hey, Barry, because it's not my fault the coffee in there was lousy. And he goes, you chose this bar, Moxie, because your unerring instinct for tat singled this dump out. He goes, I should have known this is the perfect end of possibly the worst day of my life. She goes, yeah, well, I'm sure you, I'm sure you can go back to Gibraltar another day on your own. You're on the wrong side. And he goes, and, he, and then he, he obviously says to Barry, he says, you're on the wrong side again. And Barry's like, no, nah, no. Nah. He goes, that place has probably left a psychological scar on me for all eternity because of your buffoonery. I just want to get back to the hotel, get to bed and forget this nightmare. So we still don't really know what's like, we're a bit in the dark of actually what's happening here. They're talking about, incidences that we're not actually privy to mm. um but we find out in a bit anyway so barry gets the window and there's a sticker on the window he goes what's this bloody sticker for and then uh, he goes, down yeah. and he goes moxie and he goes what he goes i think i'm going to cry he goes will you look away please and then he starts crying and the, the camera pans down and we see that the car has been wheel clamped mm. so ali we cut to ali coming back to the villa with the newspaper in hand. With the newspaper in hand. And um, and then Dennis, he says, why all of a sudden do I get a dreadful feeling, Nev? You know, like Oz is sticking pins in a Dennis Patterson doll. And then Ali says, do you know, says your boys are wasted in the building industry, Dennis. He says, you ought to be organising military coups in a banana republic. And he says, what's the matter? And, and Neville says, has someone been in Bullard? Like he says, oh, no, nothing like that, no. They've just spent half an hour slagging off some of the most influential members of Marbella's society, of which I am no longer a member. And Dennis says, I thought it was a bit too good to last, like. And Fraser says, aye, well, you can whistle them all back. back. He says, you can whistle them all back out now because your true and humble status has been revealed to a grateful nation. 
he throws the paper down and he goes, right, first thing in the morning, I'll get them back to work. And he says, no, I've got a better idea than a dentist. Let's have a night shift. <clears throat> so we cut back to the hotel bar and Barry and Moxie are there and the lads walk in. And I says, ah, oh, so there you are. Where the hell have you two been? We've been charging all over Gibraltar trying to find you. And Barry says, well, you were wasting your time. We didn't get there. And Bummer says, what happened? Puncture? Breakdown? And Barry says, neither. He says, thanks to the superlative map reading skills of Marco Moxie there, we couldn't find Gibraltar. And I was just like, what? Well, it's like a 500-foot-high chunk of bloody rocks sticking up out the sky, sticking up in the air. You can't miss it. He goes, well, Moxie can. And then he says, ah, just a minute. He goes, we did get there eventually. He goes, yes, 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 we did. We did get there eventually. And you spied a British bobby on the border and we had to turn back. And I says, well, if it's any consolation, you didn't miss much. He goes, for Gibraltar, like Faili with chimpanzees. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Apparently it's full of jocks left over from the 1982 World Cup. And Oz says, so where did you go to eventually? Where did you eventually end up? And Barry says, oh, yes, we stopped at a picturesque little dog hole called San Pedro, and we got wheel clamped. And Bar says, I didn't realise that they had, and I think he says, the Denver shoe. He goes, yeah, yeah. They had the Denver shoe here. And Barry says, yes, they do have the wheel clamp in Spain, and it is known as the Catalan clog a fact of which yeah. I was reliably informed by the educationally subnormal peasant who put it on our car. I just hope this catalogue of dejection will melt my Hazel's heart and bring her rushing to my side. And I says, anybody got enough dough for a round of beers? And Mox oh. says, the bar's closed. Carlos has got diarrhoea. And he says, eh, and he says, bloody hell. Anyway, Dennis enters. And he says, what's all this? No water cannon, no riot police. Finished oh. for the day, have you? And I says, ha, ha, just wrap up, will you? We've had a right pisser of a day. And he says, well, I've got some more bad news for you. Ali Fraser wants you back at work at seven o'clock sharp in the morning. And they're all really happy. They're all like, hey! Yeah. And, and Moxie says, great. And Osgan's top of the bill. Thank God for that. So... We cut to the back to the villa and the lads yeah. are back at work. Bit of jolly music. Yeah. It is. And what do we see, George? The girls sunbathing. We see the ladies are sunbathing. And the delectable Brenda is yeah. a fairly skimpy bikini. Yeah. So Dennis walks up and he says that they're obviously on lookout duty. And he says, all quiet on the southern front. And Christine says, not that I'd recognise a Spanish Ministry of Labour official if I fell over one. And Brenda says, do the lads want a pot of tea, Dennis? I've got the kettle on. And he goes, I smash an eye. He goes, best looking, he goes, best looking can lad we've ever had. I think that's what he said. Obviously, oh. that must be a word for a tea boy or something. And he says, and, uh, and Christine says, hey, down boy. And she goes, do you want some cream on your bites? And he goes, no, I'll be all right. I better get back to work. See you later. Anyway, so he goes back and he says, your Brenda's fetching a brew out. And Neville says, Canny, what are the rest of you drinking like? 
and Dennis at a C-spectrum were all one man. And then Bomber talks about the job. He says, what's Fraser having on these the walls of this pool then, Dennis? And Dennis says, ceramic Andalusian tiles, apparently. And um, and uh, and Barry makes a joke. He goes, from Habitazione, no doubt. <laughs> and laughs at his own joke. And um, and Moxie says, it's going to be like a bloody great bath, in it? And Oz says, how would you know you've never been in a bath, have you? Mm. And uh, Dennis says, well, it's nice to yes, it's nice to see you're back at your bitchy best. And Wayne says, just banter then, a sure sign of improved morale among the troops. And Barry says, I tell you, my morale will be even higher if my hazel turns up uh-huh. in the next couple of weeks. And Dennis says, oh, you finally got, you finally, um, what does he say? You finally got, uh, oh, sorry. He says, you finally, um, I'm sorry, I think it's Ozzy. Yeah, he says, you finally got your Geek Wodge written doom, did you? And Barry says, oh. yes, yes, indeed I did. He goes, I posted it last night, actually. He says, I don't know why you bothered. You could have launched that into the sea and paddled it home. And then Brenda and Christine, but particularly Brenda, yeah. comes out with a tea, and all of the lads whistle, and Neville is not mm. too happy with that. And um, and they all run up and grab their tea from the scantily clad and delectable young Brenda. Mm. So... Barry and Moxie walk into the hotel bar. And who is sitting there? Miss Hazel. But young Hazel. She has made it, and Barry is super surprised. And he goes, Hazel, and she goes, hello, Barry. Sorry to shock you. He goes, I'm amazed that you would be here so quickly. And she goes, well, there's two flights a day from Birmingham International. It only takes two and a half hours, you know. And he goes, no, I don't mean the flying time. I'm just amazed that you could have responded so promptly to my emotional appeal. I only posted it yesterday evening. She goes, posted what? He goes, a jumbo picture of you at the Costa del Sol with the jumbo love letter on the back. And she says, I'm sorry, Barry, I haven't seen it at all. I booked the flight a couple of days ago. Teresa McIntosh in our accounts department had a last minute cancellation due to a family bereavement. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. And she goes, it was only an old uncle of hers that lived in Mexborough, but she felt she had to go. He goes, no, I'm not sorry that you didn't rush out here. She goes, because I'm not sorry they didn't rush out here in a fit of passion, rather than through Teresa McIntosh's misfortune. And she goes, well, she goes, I admit I was a bit curious about the newspaper story <laughs> describing you all as payroll members. And Hazel is, you can see, Hazel's very, very excited and yeah, 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 as far yeah, as to yeah. say turned on by the prospect yeah, yeah. of Barry being a payroll rubber. And um, and Barry goes, ha ha, load of bloody nonsense. And she's gutted, absolutely. She goes, you mean it's not true? He goes, no, of course it isn't. He goes, well, it's nice to see you anyway, Hazel. Would you like a drink? And instantly, her fucking mood changes. As soon as yeah, she yeah. finds out he's not a payroll robber, she is fucking... And she goes, no, thanks. Then he goes, I'll tell you, I've still got this nice little hire car that me and the lads uh. rented. Do you fancy coming up into Sierra with me tonight and having dinner overlooking the sea? And she says, I think I'll have an early night tonight, Barry. I feel a bit jet-lagged and walks off. Oh, I mean, that two and a half hour flight must make you jet lag. Yeah. I mean, 
what a fucking bitch, you know. <laughs> Come out here, you know, basically because she thinks that Barry's been a term, like gone from a build at a payroll runner. And as soon as she finds out that he's not this criminal that she thought he would, he'd turned into, she just doesn't want to know. And um, and she says, oh, by the way, and she walks back and she goes, oh, by the way, I'd give that car back if I were you. The summons has arrived for your drunken driving. And uh-huh. she walks off and he chases. He's like, here's, here's, just a minute, just a minute. So again, you know, She's treating Barry like an absolute idiot. And um, so we cut, and the lads are eating, and they are in Marbella Port, and it is right on the front. Do you remember there was the other bar on the front that used to be called, it was called the Albatross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's right. So where they are is right next to the Albatross, just behind there, yeah. So the lads are in Marbella Port having something to eat. And they're talking about Barry. He goes, I thought Barry was going to burst out into tears. And Moxie says, he's definitely the emotional sort. He cried the other day when we got wheel clamped. And Wayne says, still, she has taken him to the bullfight. So I suppose the evening won't be a total disappointment. And Bomber quite rightly says, well, if a bird took me to a bullfight, I'd be seriously worried about her mental health. And then we have the photographer appear and he says, please, photographs. And Oz thinks he's a reporter. He says, Christ, not another one. Look, man, do you not read the papers? We're just normal work and gadgets. So sling your hook and piss off. And he says, look, senor, souvenir, Spain. I take photos. And he shows them these plates. And then Wayne says, I get it. We all end up on the plate. eh?" And Bomber says, come on, let's have some. And Moxie says, yeah, it'll be a giggle. Won't it? He says, okay, go ahead. And um, and the photographer says, okay, four for you. He goes, I'll leave it at the hotel tomorrow. So we then cut to Barry and Hazel having mm. their dinner. And again, you know, Barry's, you know, being as usual, chase himself, and Hazel mm. is treating him like shit. And he says, I don't think I could face another, uh, an, another, um, he says, he says, I don't think I could face meat after seeing that bull so wantonly slaughtered. And she says, well, have fish then. He goes, not if they're Mediterranean or not. You wouldn't eat fish straight out of a toilet. And quite rightly, she says, I think you're being a bit oversensitive, don't you, Barry? And he goes, that's just my trouble, isn't it? Here I am pretending to peruse the horse's duvets. And what I'm really thinking about is where you'll be sleeping tonight. And she says, oh, since you brought it up, Barry, I'm staying at a hotel about half a mile down the road. Is that all right? And he says, well, I don't think my passion will reach that far, actually. Mm. If you need to be any nearer, then you know where I'll be. And she goes, thank you, Barry. I don't mean to be difficult, but this is as close as I want to get at the moment. And I mean, that's a pretty horrible thing to say. She's not being very nice at all. Yeah. You know, so she's... she's, And it's, like I say, so she's... she's you know, she's flown out there, you know, thinking yeah. of this payroll robber. He's not mm. treating him like a prick. And, yeah, just not very nice. Mm. Anyway, so Barry says, I understand. I respect your need for freedom. I identify with your need for individuality. And then mm. the photographer turns up and he says, oh, look, shall we have a photograph taken for old times' sake? And um, and uh, the photographer's like, senor, senora, souvenir for your holiday. And she says, go on then. 
And then again, she says, yeah. and Barry's moving forward, and she goes, I don't suppose you do separate sittings, and just mugs Barry off like real badly. Yeah. Absolutely fucking destroys him. So we. We, tennis club. Yeah, we cut to the tennis club. And the tennis club is in the Punto Romano Hotel, which is on the Golden Mile between Marbella and Porto Venus. Huh. And uh, yeah, again, it's a very exclusive. The Punto Romano is sort of the same kind of level as the Marbella Club. It's a very, very exclusive mm. hotel. So Ali Fraser turns up and he says, look, Kenny, he says, I'm a busy boy. I don't have another morning to waste watching you knock up. And he says, you don't have to watch me knock up, sunshine. He says, you can sit down if you want. And he says, I don't think the old ticker could take the strain. Now, what do you want to see me about? And he says, well, you know this little team of yours that's been doing the building? He says, oh, don't tell me they've filled in Marbella Harbour. He says, no, they've been working at your place, ain't he? He says, well, you never know with that bunch. He says, well, now this payroll robbery nonsense has subsided, they could be very useful to me. I, I mean, us. And Ali's like, and how is that, Kenny, since they are about as useful as a hole in a lifeboat? In a lifeboat, yeah. And he goes, I take it that after they have finished tarting up your place, they will be going back to Blighty. And he says, well, I don't, he says, well, I doubt if they'll be very welcome, but yes. And he says, well, me and a few of the chaps have got certain things we'd like taken back to certain people in London. And Ali Fraser says, he says, now don't tell me, Kenny. He says, what things, what things like keys to safety deposit boxes and that kind of thing? And he said, Kenny says, well, I ain't saying nothing, Ali. He says, but the point is, now that they're in the clear, and more importantly, seen as the victims of the press smear, so the old bill and the customs and excise won't be able to get the, get the hump with them, will they? And Ali Fraser quite rightly points out, and he sees the point, he says, which means, he goes, which makes them very useful couriers. And, um, and Kenny Aim says, as plain as day, son. And Ali says, and um, what's my cut, Kenny, if I pass them in your direction? And he says, good will and such. Ha ha, laughs at his own joke. He says, don't worry, sunshine. We'll sort something out, all right. And then over the tannoy, there's a, a the voice and it says, Mr. Ames to court number eight, please. <laughs> and then again, a quality line by Kenny Ames. He says, I do wish they'd insert the word tennis before they say court. And him and Ali Fraser have a big laugh. Actually, when I, 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 one time I was doing jury service and uh, I was in the cafe in the, the court and it, it came over the tannoy, uh, can Mr. Fiddler go to court number seven? <laughs> <laughs> First name Kitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So... The lads are at the bar. The lads are in a bar, and um, and they're discussing. They've obviously been. Uh, uh, Ali Fraser has obviously asked them to pop in and see the boys. And Moxie's saying, "What? Go around to the office? Are you sure it's a good idea? Now they know who we really are." And Boma says, "I don't know." Ali said, "They'd make us all well. They'd still make us welcome." Apparently, they understood where the victims of a press smear. In fact, they sympathise with us. And Neville said, aye, there might be some money in it for us and all a few little jobs. And Barry says, they probably want us to double glaze their houses with bulletproof glass. 
Mama says, I don't suppose there's any harm in it, nothing to lose now. Our stigmas have been cleansed. And Moxie says, I'm not so sure, you know. And Nell says, how are you, Moxman? We didn't give your name to the paper. As far as Terry Leather or anybody else is concerned, you're still a man of mystery. And, um, and uh, I says, I still a man of mystery. Senor Fogarty, have a look at that. They've got the plates delivered. He says, we've been conned. He goes, the dirt, he goes, the dodgy bastard only had one photograph. And obviously, so they've, they've, <laughs> they've delivered the photographic plates and the plates have got the picture of the, the special oh, yeah, yeah. on. They haven't got the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and Barry says, why do I think that Hazel has done this? And um, anyway, so they, they're on the way to the office. And Dennis just says, he says, right, lads. He says, listen, we'll just play it cool, right? We'll see what they want. If we don't like the smell of it, we'll politely decline. Uh, he says, okay. And then, um, and then as they're just from the corner, from the bar, they have a look up and they see someone on the roof with a long lens camera taking photos of them. And Oz loses his temper. He's like, oh, another bloody journalist. And so they all rush through the door and rush up the stairs. And the guy backs away and Oz grabs his camera and hoys it over the side. And, um, and, he, and Dennis says, just calm down. And he says, when are you bastards going to stop picking on where? And Moxie says, yeah, why don't you leave us alone, you shifty son? We ain't done nothing. Mm. And Dennis says, which particular comic do you work for anyway? And he takes out his police badge. And he says, shall we say the police? <laughs> yeah. And Oz takes the badge and examines it. And he goes, what, you're the old Bill, are you? And he says, Scotland Yard Surveillance Squad. And he says, and if this wasn't Spain... Albert Arthur Moxie, alias Brendan Mackay, <laughs> arsonist and absconder, <laughs> your arse would be well and truly nicked. And they look at Moxie, and Moxie has a big grin come across him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is the end of the episode. So, yeah, a, a pretty good one and some fantastic yeah. lines, like I say, written by our friend Stan Hay. Stan Hay. So, the credits. Uh, Ali Fraser and Kenny Ames got a credit. Uh, Vicky, Christine and Brenda got a credit. Jeffrey Oxlade, Pauline Oxlade and Hazel got a credit. Russell, Alice and Beatty, so which is the camp tour guide and the two old ladies. We've got Sid Payne and Ronnie Williams and Terry Leather and Carlos... Uh, Lionel, the Spanish barman, and Debbie Hope all got themselves a credit. So the lads are back at work and they will be looking to finish the job very, oh, yeah. very soon. Um, so we are now in two double figures uh, on the episode and um, it will be um, only a few more before mm. we end up um yeah so we're on episode 11 so we've got two more of this series to go and then we are at the end of season two yeah. so next week will be episode 12 another two another two good ones actually pretty good it is yes so we as i say we've already seen the cracks developing in ali's and vicky's relationships and then ali gets some bad news and uh, we find out that all is not as rosy as could be expected for Ali Fraser. Mm. So some fantastic stuff 
is due to come next week and the week after for season two. But if you have anything to say about uh, this episode or anything else, apart from the quality of the prizes, please do <laughs> email us in at again at gmail.com. So that's email again at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram at podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Auf Again. Please like and share the Facebook page, Auf Wiedersehen Again Podcast, and invite your friends to like the Facebook page too. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Auf Wiedersehen Again Podcast, and click that bell, which will alert you to the new episodes. Um, if the, uh, the sight of me and George is repulsive as we consider each other to be, then... Yeah. All you got to do is tune in on the audio. We are on all good podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google Podcast Breaker, and many, many more. And our new episodes are released every Friday at 10 a.m. And our music is composed and performed by the guitar man, Mr. Lee Dosky. So please, please, please do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, our sponsor is Top Gun Tattoo, number 12, the Harris Arcade in Reading. Their website topguntattoo.co.uk number audible one eight nine nine six eight six six seven, and you get a 20% discount of any tattoo with the code word Hadaway and Shiteman with Zach and free Neville and Lottie tattoo for every single listener and remember our giveaway competition of this amazing free prize that you get for absolutely free well, you know, what more could anybody ask for? What more could any sane person ask for than a free prize of a genuine signed photograph copy of the Magnificent Seven in Dusseldorf? And all you've got to do is go to the social media pages, like, share, and tag away, and you can be a winner. So that's it for this week, George. Yeah, yeah. What an absolutely fantastic episode. Thoroughly very good, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to next week. Yeah, so am so yeah. Until next week, my friend. Adios. As, adios. Hasta luego. Yeah. And <laughs> auf Wiedersehen. Wiedersehen. All out of options, nothing to choose. I pissed out on Netflix, I'm sick of the news. I'd sign up to Skype